So I'm really excited to be playing this game in general, but I'm even more excited to be recording it. This is kind of always something that I've wanted to do. I really am thankful that James and everybody came together and asked me to be part of this. Um, I'm very, very excited. I'm excited about this character. In this episode, you're going to find out a little bit more about uh, his capabilities and just really how awesome he is. Uh, so I look forward to that. And for all you people who are nervous about playing this game, this podcast is a great way to get into that. We're here making the mistakes for you. We're here getting it right for you. And all you have to do is listen and enjoy a wonderful story, which is something I enjoy about these games the most. They always have fantastic stories written by Paizo. But then with this group of people, especially, you can really dive into that story and make it your own and really use your character to be a living, breathing part of that entire story. And if you haven't played, I highly recommend it. If you're looking for somebody to play, if you know me, I will play with you. Just let me know. And enjoy episode two. Roll dice, be nice, and stay tuned. This is the Live to Die podcast. Well, we're recording now, so there's tons of time for new, amazing. Yeah, now I'm, we set it I don't up. Know, yeah. Well, <laughs> all the good stuff is gone. I can't just turn it off. You heard it here first. The only way to really enjoy the banter, you break into our apartment and hang out with us before we record. True. It's part of our Patreon. You can <laughs> spend $100 <laughs> to break into the apartment and we will not shoot you. <laughs> Nor will we uh, put our fists up ready to roll. Yeah. <laughs> and scream. And yeah. scream. We will be naked. Unclad yeah. fighting. That's the higher Patreon tier. That's the 120. I'll fight you naked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For $120 a month, once a year. Jeez, See, all of this would be so much funnier if this had been recording before. So I want to hear a little bit about if it's something your character is publicly or open about, what gods they venerate. Can you explain the word venerate for me? Yeah, it's like worship, but with okay. a V. I didn't know if it meant like wear a t-shirt of or <laughs> something you have to like really, because like I have a deity, but I'm like not really that interested. Okay, so I see Trent nodding and he's someone I go to for word stuff. Do you have a delineation here between venerate and worship? Uh, no. Okay. No, I would I would say that they're both the same thing, but I can look it up. Well, Trent researches that. Thank you, Did our research clack, team. Clack, clack. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit. Part of the reason I'm asking is one of the many different amazing books that Paizo Publishing puts out is the Pathfinder's Lost Omens Gods and Magic book, mm. which in addition to having some really cool fluff, gives me, the DM, some options for divine intercession, some things that I can influence on worshipers of it affected by their gods based on if they're doing stuff really aligned with their gods. So who wants to volunteer if, they're, if their person's a big godly person, what god they're into, so that we can learn a little bit about that god? Uh, I don't know that he's like particularly religious. Sure, maybe like he goes uh, for Christmas and Easter. He does revere, which apparently is a word that corresponds both to venerate and to worship. I know revere, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like Paul? I know the one you mean. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like Paul. Yeah. <laughs> uh, He venerates Trud, the Mighty, which is a dwarven god. That's a demigod. I don't think I have a whole page on Trud. It is in Inner Sea Gods, page 320. 
Oh, that's, in that's case a, you were wondering. That's a thirst edition book there, Trent. Yeah. I really thought you said no. a thirst edition. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's <laughs> Pathfinder. There the... <laughs> drugs in that book, too. <laughs> that's for the hot uh, gods. <laughs> I thirsted pretty hard for that book when it came out, though. I'll say that. Um, I know. I, I've looked at this up elsewhere, and he's in Tui somewhere. But... Oh, he definitely is. He just doesn't have a whole thing. Now, I've got a section here on gods by things, dwarven gods. Thrud, the mighty. See, his domains include confidence, duty, might, and protection. His favorite weapon is the warhammer. The key edicts of Trud are to offer your strength to others, protect those weaker than you. It's anathema to Trud to engage in petty showcases of strength or to use your strength to take advantage of others. That's Correct. Trent and Sperry coming in with the deep cut dwarven gods, which is a, I, I, honestly a double entendre I'm pretty pleased with. Uh, yeah. Also sounds like an innuendo if we're going with the whole thirst edition thing. That's a Helm's <laughs> deep cut, is what you're saying? Right. Well, it's like, you know, dwarves and stone cutting, but it's also like a, you know, really far in the book. All right, anyone mm-hmm. else got a god they want to <laughs> talk about a little bit? Or I can look up here. I can talk about it a little bit. Let me bring it up so I can talk about it. Yeah, who, who you got? I have. I want to read it, like, so I don't mess it up, because I had never heard of this until I ran across it. Yeah, share it. The goddess, known as the Redeemer Queen, mm-hmm. Nocticula. Okay. Nocticula is, uh, let's see, Artists, Exiles, and Midnight. Um, mm-hmm. Domains, Creation, Change, Darkness, Travel, um... Edicts, create art true to yourself, protect marginalized artists, punish those who take advantage of offered trust and who have offered trust and shelter, and anathema would be deny shelter to the desperate, destroy harmless art you dislike, finish a work of art during daylight hours. So we're recording this before Hmm. the show comes out, but that sounds a lot like some stuff and themes that if if they stay close to the comics, that's some heavy Moon Knight themes. Yeah. Like mm. straight up that character yeah. from the I was gonna comics. say that might be my god in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Night owl, art stuff. Mm-hmm. Midnight, protect yeah. people. Wordle. Yeah. I don't do a wordle at, before midnight. <laughs> <laughs> the god of midnight wordles is a very specific thing. <laughs> so yeah, basically the god s of art and helping people. I'm into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, box. It's uh, not a heavy worshiper, but. Uh, you know what, the, what was the word we were using? Reveres, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, acknowledges M- Milani, the Everbloom. Oh, uh, the goddess is patron mother of those who war against oppression. Okay, and edicts are confront oppression in all its forms, defend the common folk, overcome despair to seize victory. And the other word that I can't say what's anath- anath- anathema. Anathema. I thought it was anathema. I believe it's anathema. anathema. But I've been wrong about many anathema. things. Trent. Correct. Anathema. You're asking him and he calls it Sedico? <laughs> it is That's Sudoku. Sorry right. if anyone's wondering Sudoku. I, I did have a coworker once who called it Suit Sudoku. Oh no. And like I mean that's just that's just grinding everybody's <laughs> yeah. gears, right? Yeah. We can all agree that's wrong. That person's choosing violence. That's true. That we'll unite on that front. But Milani's anathemas are abandoned those in need, enslave or oppress others. Arm the innocent through direct or inadvertent action. All right. What about you, Jane? Anyone? <sighs> yes. Valentine is a rather religious person, and 
Uh, her main and most outwardly acknowledged god is Callistria, um, who is the I goddess like of revenge and lust. Um, but it's kind of cool because, I mean, James, I think, has the, the book pulled up there, but she's a little bit more about like, um, yeah, go get your revenge, but don't let it consume you. And kind of this like balancing your, she's like the goddess of creating a good scheme. And I like that. And then, yeah. uh, something that might come out a little bit about Valentine's backstory is that oh, she, yeah, she also has a secondary God, mm. um, who she does not publicly acknowledge who is Achekek, the god of assassins. Oh. Uh-huh. You might be more familiar with the worshippers known as the Red Mantis. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Been a big villain in a lot of different yes. Pathfinder stories. Sure are. Also dope. Glistria, man, that's a good one, though. Like, yeah. the goddess of courtesans. Mm-hmm. See, actually, I found that aphorism you were talking about. One of the aphorisms of Glistria is uh, see to your own wounds first. When one is wronged, the urge is to retaliate immediately and that's strong but it sort of says that like it's important to take care of yourself and your own needs your emotional state and how you feel before addressing revenge because if you can't care for yourself you can't pursue that well she is the <laughs> fuck around and find out god yeah oh 100% she's like the <laughs> goddess that uh person from promising young woman followed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that's like her goddess I think she's also in an on-again, off-again relationship with Caden Kalian. I can't remember and Saren Ray yeah, there's a whole little like yeah. thing going on there. Yeah. Honestly, I would love a sort of like days of our lives of Galarian <laughs> gods. I think that <laughs> would be awesome. I'm down for that. I love that it's it's so like Greek mythology style, like carousing around, causing trouble kind of god situation. I, I think we're onto something there. And I feel like Free love. someday <laughs> someone important is gonna listen to us, and I'm just saying it right now. We are collectively available for hire to write the pilot <laughs> yes. for uh, Gods of Our Days. Mm. Like gods it. of Our Days. Mm-hmm. Yep, Gods of Our Days. As long as Saren Ray is the main character. Yeah, I think we'd have to follow have to, her. Yeah. Mm. But like, you'd have, we could really just, and it needs to be done with like a laugh track style sitcom. Yeah. Like, Caden Kalian <laughs> is the Fonz. Comes in, just hits the keg, hey, and the beer starts pouring out. I was thinking more like Seinfeld, and he slides in like Kramer. Oh, <laughs> All right. So now that we've established exactly how we're going to sitcomify this stuff, let's go ahead and get back into our game. So where were we last time? Well, we had just arrived in the Riverside City. Not quite a metropolis, but a city of Litran, which is the home of the Grey Gardeners. It's also a large agricultural hub in Galt, the country where our story is taking place. And if I remember correctly, you'd all come here on the instruction of citizen Camilla Dranek, who's sort of the leader of the Revolutionary Council, the, the ruling body in Galt at this time. She has particular interest in the Grey Gardeners and what's going on here because as a child, her mother, an ambassador between Galt and the elven nation of Keonan, was executed by the Grey Gardeners for reasons known almost exclusively to them and none else. The Grey Gardeners are interesting in that they act as a little bit of a judge, jury, and executioner role, heavy emphasis on the executioner part, and the secretive organization with its secretive member roles, of whom no one knows who's really a member of the Grey Gardeners, has been operating in Galt basically unchecked for decades, since the initial revolution more than five decades ago. However, Something weird's going on with the Greg Gardeners, and word has gone out 
that there's some sort of event going on in which they're going to, for the first time ever, invite some select members of the public into their headquarters, this large, intimidating monastery on the hill above Lutran. And... What could go wrong? Absolutely nothing. Seems fine. Yeah. Honestly, I really feel like it's just going to be an exciting evening of exploring the role-playing possibilities of a lovely party. Mm. However, Navigating social dynamics. Exactly. However, <laughs> Dranik feels a little differently <laughs> and has asked you all to work your way to the city of Latran under the cover of finding an herbal like poultice or solution to what ails her, which is to say nothing. She has a, an illness she's faking as an excuse to not go to the party because some people think she might be a gardener, so she hopes that this will dissuade those rumors. And also she's worried that she might get killed there, and so she doesn't want to go. So she's asked you to travel to the city to meet with an herbalist there, uh, a friend of hers, a tangu, who runs an <laughs> herb shop called Soul Mother's Herbs. This... Tengu's name is Kenzin Navarmo, and she's asked you to travel there and work with him while he, quote unquote, produces a cure. That should give you a couple of days to look around the city and try to figure out what the gardeners are doing, what they're up to, and see if you have an opportunity to get involved and perhaps stop it. So where we, where we wrapped up last time was you just finished meeting with uh, Navarmo, and he'd shared with you kind of the what he knows broadly is going on. And I'll summarize those bullet points for you kind of really quickly since it's been a little bit since we played. So right now, it's known that the Grey Gardener's event is invitation only. It's a masquerade ball, and it's going to take place in three nights. Invitations seem to be almost impossible to come by, especially because those who have them don't tend to be sharing that information publicly. This masquerade is going to be taking place in the ballroom at the Grey Gardener's Monastery, which is news to a lot of people that they even had a ballroom because no one's been in there before. And with so many people in town for the Harvest Festival or Harvest Jubilee, it's kind of hard to tell who's here for that and who's here for the event. There do seem to be more gray gardeners in town, which you can really only tell when they're out in their face-covered uniforms, uh, when they're in civilian clothes, if you will. No one's really sure who is a gardener and who might be an informant. And because of that reason, there's this there's this state of anxiety and fear that's really prevalent all throughout the town. And finally, there is a rumors brewing that the gardeners are planning some kind of revelation or, or announcement. Special announcement for those people in attendance. So it's about midday, and you know that you have this current day. Let's call it a Tuesday, because I love starting things on Tuesdays. Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and then Thursday night, three nights, is when this event happens. So you've all got some work to do. What are you going to do? So it's going to happen on Thursday night. Thursday night. Okay. Who has a party on a Thursday? I know. I was thinking, like, just wait one more day. It's Friday. Thirsty Thursday? You guys never heard of that? Oh, yeah. Thirsty Thursday was... <laughs> I was always thirsty on yeah, Thursday. Yeah, that was a big thing. Yeah, Wasted <laughs> Wednesdays and Thirsty Thursdays is just like... So the gardeners are really just like a frat? Yeah, they're just a frat party. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, People so, die at frat parties in Greeley. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they definitely yeah. die at frat parties in Galt. Um, they both start with G. <gasps> Mystery solved. I mean, look, if anywhere in Colorado is like France, it's Greeley. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so refined. Obviously. Because of the amazing Obviously. food, the great art scene. And I'm not being facetious. I was going to say, cut there. this out. We can't have a bash Greeley podcast. <laughs> Greeley is great. It does not deserve... The reputation it gets. I'll say that. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll agree yeah. with that. Guys, you haven't even you haven't even seen the best of it, all right? 
Anyway, um, Valentine is going to kind of go over in her mind the information that we got from uh, Navarno about the the invitation and like the way that's set up and how nobody really knows who's invited and who's going and where to get them and kind of just run over the details of this in her mind. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's going to pursue a lead and that will be her main lead for now and for the day um, is tracking down one of these invitations. Okay. We might say she's good at investigating things. Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. we have a little clue there. Mm-hmm. What kind of character mm-hmm. you're playing? Mm-hmm. That would uh, going after the people who are going, trying to figure out who's going and picking off the weak one, for you know, so to speak, and getting their uh, invitation is something that I'll be focused on as well. So, if we want to do that in conjunction, mm-hmm. so it's time for me to bust something out. I know there's a lot of you know now that now that role playing games are hip and cool and sexy. There's those celebrity GMs out there. Seventy years, yeah. <laughs> Today's the anniversary of them becoming sexy. Now, uh, <laughs> what I'll say is, you know, lots of people like to joke about catchphrases or talk about it. I don't have one, but in my mind, this game does. So what I'd like to say is, I heard you all talking about wanting to find out information. And because this is Pathfinder, there's a rule for that. And that's going to be specifically gather information. Now, there's a lot of ways to go about it. There is explicitly the gather information rule. But in my mind, there's a lot of different ways to investigate something here in town. It might be a little more difficult, but traditionally, we can make some diplomacy checks. These will be secret rolls. You'll give me the bonus. I'll roll. Talk about what you find out. But if any of you can describe a scenario to me in which you think another check might work, I'm going to allow some allowance here with maybe a higher DC. Maybe you're, you're using stealth to listen in on a conversation versus the normal thing of talking with people. Or, I mean, you might ha- you might be able to argue for other scenarios. I'm okay with I want to talk to me. Tell me about what you're doing. So I've heard already from two of you. So we've got... Jane portraying Valentine and Jason as uh, Drosharis. You two are going to be gathering some information, going out looking for stuff about the mask attendees, masquerade attendees. But I can specify too that I want to do it. Have you ever played Assassin's Creed? Oh yeah. So like the sitting on the bench, the mm. the sitting on top of a corner of a building, like that kind of shadowy stuff is is the way I'm doing this. Eavesdropping. Eaves. You're looking for the guy sitting on a bench going like uh, oh, hey, did you hear about that uh, that old party you're going? Oh yeah, I've got an invitation. How about you? <laughs> that, yeah. I want to find that guy. And I'll be kind of going out and talking to people and actually um, on my excessively long list of special abilities I'll have to find exactly what this is but I do have um, an ability to essentially like mask what I'm getting at to people. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I think it's double talk or something like that. Yeah, something. I'll find it. But cool. um, in any case, I can essentially <laughs> trick people into uh, not knowing exactly. Oh, discreet inquiry. That's what oh, it is. Perfect. So I can conceal the true reason when gathering info, um, and they. If somebody is trying to figure out what I'm really talking about, they would have to roll against my deception DC, which is pretty high. Jesus. Um, so in any case, she's going to be kind of going out into town, talking to people, um, turning on the charm, and maybe not directly saying like, so what's the deal with this party? But like, as that's the information she's seeking by interacting with people. You're not going to sitcom style? Like, so what's the deal with this, this masquerade? <laughs> what's up with this party? No. All right. So we're gonna, I'm, in my, the way I like to handle these situations is I kind of like to hear from the table. So I'm going to work my way around, kind of hear what's set up. And then I can hopefully find that through line on what's going to be the best way to bring the story together. So 
Trent portraying uh, Watson and Jared portraying Fox. Anything you have in mind for kind of what your next steps are here in town? You go ahead. Sure. Uh, Fox is going to uh, like camp out outside of the monastery and kind of watch comings and goings. Oh, okay. To see if uh, there's any threads that kind of come together. So are we split up? We split the party. <laughs> Do we out. split immediately? Oh, I would immediately. I would say that like. I would follow Valentine. I would follow Valentine <laughs> around, like listening to what she's doing, listening to the other people, but like making sure she's not going to get stabbed by okay. herself in the street. Yeah, because yeah, sure. she doesn't have any weapons. She has no weapons at all. We're all heroes. We know shit goes down. <laughs> we don't want to be alone. True. I can leave. No, leave. no, I don't have any weapons. <laughs> oh, you're being serious. Yeah. Wow. I'm all alone out here. And it's your birthday. And it's my birthday. <laughs> You're all alone. It's your birthday. How can they pick on you? Um, I, I saved mine for last because Watson's is probably going to be the most useless. Go on. Uh, I think he would, at best, try and uh, use wild empathy oh God. to chat with some birds or cats. <laughs> okay, about. And just kind of tell them, like, hey, um... Hey, um, if you happen to see a group of armed men looking menacingly headed toward us, could you just come and let me know? Thank you very much. No, you need to, you need to go talk to all the carrier pigeons. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> do you, do you speak common? <laughs> uh, hmm. You're not the most intelligent birds, are you? <laughs> Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I did not mean to offend. <laughs> Keep going. Well, I, I, hey, I, oh, I, I believe I know your brother. Uh, uh, hur, hur. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. He's a good friend of mine. Well, you know, that wasn't his fault. Yeah. <laughs> At least that's what he explained to me. Do you have a different side to this story? And so while this is happening, <laughs> I'm looking off the roof of a building like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Uh, you're like, it's, it is only noon, and this dwarf is sundowning. <laughs> Hard. <laughs> All right, so I think we're actually going to cut over. So here's what I'd like to do, kind of given that you've got that going on, Jared slash Fox. Fox is watching the monastery itself. I think I'm going to do, in this case, because uh, you're not really talking to people, it's more of a watching thing. Yep. Do you have any weird lores that you might want to invoke as relevant here? Uh, not really. Warfare lore? You I know, it's know tempting, that, um, um, but I, I think I think warfare lore is probably not going to be fully uh, applicable here. But how about just, what's your what's your perception bonus? Mm, do a little secret check 22. over here. All right, let's see what we got going on here. So you spend, the normal time for gather information is two hours. And since time is a factor in this game, essentially what I'm going to do is if you're using skills that are outside of the like optimal skill for the situation, it's either going to be a harder DC or it's going to take more time. And I'm going to make the ruling on that. So I don't think you're going to waste more time. What Jason's doing as uh, Drosharis trying to like hope he hears someone saying the right thing, that's going to take longer. But the DC will be lower. Your DC is going to be a little higher, but like you'll get what you get in a couple hours. Got it. Okay, now I've got to do math, which I'm very bad at. All right, and so 
Okay, you spend a couple hours out there, and what you start piecing together is this monastery looks old. I mean, ridiculously old. Your guess, as someone who's traveled the world and seen a few things, is that this probably predates Galt by millennia. And as you kind of take some time, you think back, you realize that this is something that was probably an abandoned ruin before the gardeners established their headquarters here. You know that they have been established for about 50 years, so clearly this would predate that. Uh, looking around, you are looking out for any telltale signs. Something like this as a monastery was probably dedicated to something or someone, sure. but you're not able to find any signs of what philosophy or, or deity that may have once been dedicated to. And having heard that there is some sort of ballroom, you can kind of see the way it's set up. That You'd guess that there's some sort of grand chamber, and it's probably pretty well established to have offices or other buildings and chambers sort of around the outside of the building in that time. All right, so let's let's cut over then to Valentine. You're using some old school uh, diplomacy, right? Or are you going to try something else? Um, it kind of depends on who I'm talking to a bit, I guess, because, uh, you know, I could do society. So society is going to be more knowledge and understanding than, like, getting information. Diplomacy is your best bet here. All right. What's your diplomacy bonus? Plus 24. Okay. That's ridiculously high. So it only takes you a couple of hours of talking with people. You're starting to make those contacts here in town that those feats provide for you. And, of course, it's not hard for you to suspect that, like, well, there will be great gardeners in attendance, but that's not really a big help given that their identities are secret. You start talking around, working the crowds with people. It's clearly going to be difficult to know which of the people coming into and out of town are going to the masquerade because they're keeping it to themselves. The locals, though, might be a little more open, you think, to boasting about who is in attendance or not. And as you start talking around town, you learn that there is a tailor, quite esteemed, a Miona Rollery, um, her Latran's most esteemed tailor, runs a shop called the Oval Mirror. And you think maybe there's a chance that if the locals are a little more loose-lipped, and if they're going to need a tire for a fancy party, maybe there's some overlap there. Someone local buying something really nice and new. Could be something there. Also, it's early afternoon for you when you figure that out. But, uh... Josharish over here has been just full-on creep lurking around town. Really quick, now that I know that, I would like to make Miona Rollery my second lead for the day. Great. So you're working on her. And you can change those throughout the day. Cool. As long as you have a minute to focus on this information. So, Josharis, you've got to do some stealth stuff for you as you're creeping to listen to people. What's that stealth bonus? My stealth bonus is going to be 26. Okay. Oh, ooh. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, so what you learn, maybe real, maybe not, is that you've heard some people muttering, whispered breaths, furtive looks over their shoulders to make sure no one else might hear. They don't see you creepily standing on a rooftop 10 feet above them, as an old man <laughs> with a veil and a cane. Which would be a good thing because if they still be like, how the hell did he get up? I feel like a scary old Batman. <laughs> Something like that. 
I am the day. <laughs> I am the day. I actually have to be in bed before I 10. Really it really boy. fucks me up. <laughs> I am geriatric man. <laughs> and so what you're hearing in these whispered conversations in the alleys around town is that there is an invitation for sale. You know who to ask. That there is someone from Isarn, capital city you yourself just came from, who's purchased one of the old mills on just the outskirts of town and in the process of renovating it into a grand residence. Word is that they, uh, they're looking to sell their invitation, make a little money to help with the renovation. So that's what you hear. Can I get down carefully from the building so you don't break something? What I was going to say is get closer to that person. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe wait until they're by themselves. Okay. Uh, let's. <laughs> okay. Let's say yes. Let me roll a stealth check for you. I've got that bonus here still. Okay. They don't see you. How much time are you willing to spend doing this? Um. I don't know, like five or ten minutes following them. Like I don't want to spend all day, but if they go in an alley by themselves, I'd like to go shake them down a little bit and find out some more information. You don't have an easy opening for that. Okay. Not in the five to ten minutes. Okay. In my mind, time is a big resource here. Sort of a gamble of like, how much do you want to spend before you know if it's possible or not? If the expenditure of five to ten minutes, you don't have that opening. Okay. Then in that case, I'll go find out wherever Fox is. And while he's sitting there, I'm just like, (laughs) fall (laughs) on my feet and then kind of like walk on my cane a little bit. I found some things that might be interesting. I didn't. (laughs) Found an old building. Well... Your stealth isn't very good, so... I heard a lot of bird jokes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you. What were you? Oh, stop it. What are you talking one to? Is too good. <laughs> the real bad part is there are no birds around. Because <laughs> birds aren't real. <laughs> hey, this is a fantasy world. They are here. Coming full circle. <laughs> Welcome to Galarian Uncovered, our podcast in which we talk about the most interesting theories they don't want you to know about on this continent. Up next, the dead kings of Osirion. Are they really dead? I think a, a Galarian conspiracy podcast might have some, I mean, like might 12, get some traction. 12 or 13 people would listen to that. Yeah. Well, you heard it here first. Uh, get at us on Twitter and tell us how we should phrase our next hit podcast. <laughs> the dead kings of Osirion, dead or alive? Up next, we're going to talk about Castrovel. Is it really a planet or a whole different plan of existence? We're going to bring on one of our special guests, Akion and Elf, as they talk about the Elf Gates and their ability to explore the stars or perhaps the realms. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm down for this podcast. Excellent. We'll get a we'll get a giant deal with a Galarian podcasting company to spill the real truth about what's out there. Okay. So that took you about four hours. So let's just do a little bit of time tracking here. So we're going to come back to you with that information last. Trent, you talking to birds, uh, Watson talking to birds, only took a couple hours. Um, you've done that. Actually, you know what, though? What's your diplomacy bonus? Oh, let's check. Because you, you did ask a, the birds for a favor. That's a plus zero. Oh, excellent. See what we get here. Okay. So what do you do for the rest of the afternoon? Um... He's obviously, it's not trying to get too close to everybody who's kind of doing their thing, mm-hmm. but he is, I mean, he's an old man. He, he, you know, he probably naps on a bench nearby. He's on the, he's on the lookout for, uh, if people are injured, that's about all he's really interested in. He's not even really entirely sure why he's along with this. He's probably very confused about why he was 
asked to join in the first place. I mean, you are great cover. You're a well-known healer sent on a mission ostensibly to obtain an herbal cure. Right. Well, in that case, I think in the names of just sort of like working some goodwill in the public, give me a medicine check. We'll sort of equate it to a making a living check. Mm. Uh, and I'm curious to see just sort of like how much you're able to help people in a little bit of afternoon of doing good work. So that is a 37. You're a, what's your, what's your proficiency in medicine? Uh, legendary. Yeah. So you make, you make an impact. You make the times you, and like there is You're this... basically George Clooney on ER. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say Dr. Oz, but that's better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mehmet Oz. <laughs> so you're able to take the time. You probably work your way into some of the fairgrounds or some of the areas near it. And you're able to just kind of help people out a little bit. And you make quite the impression. Folks feel good about you. And your name's, you're not legendary, but you are legendary in medicine. They probably heard right. that there are like good doctors and you're from your like, part of the countryside. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, you must be one of those Asani doctors. Well, you know, maybe. What can I say? The Watson suture technique. Ah, yes. <laughs> it's when you use birds. <laughs> bird bird bones, in fact. Just small, thin vines for thread. Mm-hmm. You're really just doing, like, plant grafts. Mm-hmm. But, sure, so you work on that. You're able to kind of accomplish that. So, uh, now, additionally, Fox, you kind of checking out the building for a couple hours. You still have more time. You can still spend it kind of keeping an eye on the monastery. You could check out other things. What would you like to do until about, we're going to call it about 4 p.m. is when uh, Drosaris sort of finishes getting that information. I think you would skulk about the building a little bit and see if there's, like, easy entries or hidden entrances. That he could that could be exploited at some point. All right, so let's now it's time for maybe you to use a stealth roll on that. Yeah, so yeah, another yeah. secret roll because it's still equivalent to gather information. The reason for that being that there's always a chance you critically fail, right. and if that happens, I'm going to give you incorrect information because you don't know the die roll results. You don't know if what you're getting is real or straight baloney. So what's your stealth bonus? Uh, twenty-six. Damn, it's a stealthy person. All right, so you start looking around and. You're not able to, you're not able to find a place in which you feel like you can get close to it, and this time of day, and get a good look at it. So you you get okay. to keep working your way around the building, you get a feel for it. But there's nothing new brought to you. The scale, it's big, and it's high up on this okay. hill. But you know, you're just getting acquainted with the area. All right, Valentine, what about you? What's the rest of your afternoon? What's your two to four p.m. like? What's your outlook calendar? Two to four p.m. Uh, she is gonna go. Hi. <laughs> My outlook is pretty booked, actually. I have a few teams meetings. Um, but she's actually going to go to the Oval Mirror. And oh. yeah, I think she would start, depending on, on how long this would take, she would start by scoping it out for sure. Um, so kind of like if there's any windows she can look in to see if, uh, what was it? Miora? Uh, Miona? Miona? Rollery. Miona Rollery. If she's around... If she could see her, like, through the windows, see who's kind of coming in and going out, she'd probably spend, like, 20 or 30 minutes doing that. And then she'd just go in and say, like, I'm here to uh, look into some new clothing, and I heard you were the best tailor in town. So you're able to kind of get get a look on the place, and you can see that there's quite a few people working there. There's a sing- there's a woman, though, who stands out. Your gut from reading the situation is she's somewhat important. She's the owner. This must be Miona. And she is a... If nothing other than dress alone, a striking appearance. She has on a, you're not sure if it's her natural hair or a wig, 
of white hair, almost like a beehive done up on her head, as big again as her head, with small like beads or dots of gold in it, and pink feathers sort of almost rolling down the sides of her do-up. She is dressed in this gorgeous dress of red and gold lace, with sort of pink silk flowing out between the seams of it. And she's working around the shop, doing all kinds of work, talking with people, and you can see the way she moves, she's very graceful. The buttons on it as well, you can see made of fine metals and jewels, oversized for it, clearly to display the wealth used for making it. Uh, Valentine would go in and would see if she can try to get an appointment. Oh, it's not hard. As soon as you walk in, your fine attire catches her eyes, and she, as I sort of mentioned, glides over to you. Hello, hello, welcome to the Ovomir. Hello. I'm looking for a new dress for an event, and I hear you're the best tailor in town. Oh, you are too kind, but also correct, no? I am the best. <laughs> it's very French. Yes, very French. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you're not from around here, no? No, just passing through. Yeah. Well, you did come to the right place. What are you uh, interested in? You're the creative mastermind. You tell me. Oh, no, no, stop it. But there would some be better things for you than others. Here, let me take a look. And she starts kind of bringing over, snaps her fingers a couple of times. One of her assistants come over. Fashion montage. Dun, 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 I feel dun, like dun, we're in that dun, dun, dun. store in Pretty Woman when she goes back and <laughs> shoves it in their face. Uh-huh. So... She's comes. Uh, her assistants uh, come over, and she's having their measurements. Your measurements taken, like perfect. There's three people just measuring you, and mm-hmm. it's it's a little invasive, not uncomfortable, <laughs> but like, dear God. Mm-hmm. Um, so what colors do you think you'd like? I could see like a jade, no, something a jewel tone for you. Uh, um, and then she sort of like looks at you and sizes you up. Now you can afford it. So. <laughs> I mean, I can. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, and she's just sort of like talking to herself, making notes. Sure. So, um, yeah, along with that kind of discreet inquiry, uh, Valentine, the thing that's like hard about this is that Valentine is so much better at being sneaky than I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but like her goal here is to basically just try to uh, pique Miona's interest about... Okay. You know, like if she can do anything to get her to kind of brag about her clientele um, and maybe reveal something about this event or someone that she knows and works with who's going to this event. So so your read on this is that you could probably make one of a few different checks to get her invitation. You could be extremely charming, a diplomacy check to sort of keep her embroiled because you can tell that she's really focusing in on her process of the measurements and imagining your outfit and dress. You think you could lie, try to make up a story that might catch her attention. But you also suspect that with a society check, because the way she's talking about money, there might be a way in through just mentioning, name-dropping the right thing, the right establishment, to get her attention, to bring her out of her focus on dressmaking. Yes, I would like to do that. Which one? Society. All right, go ahead. And this is an open check, so just roll me a society check. Oh, And then you can kind of tell me a little bit about what you think you might be doing with that society check. Okay. Math time. Yep, that's a 46. Okay. Dang. Yeah. So Natural 17. What is, I can go ahead and tell you so you can adapt that in response. That's a critical success. What do you think, kind of in broad strokes, you do to get her attention? 
So I think that Valentine is just kind of chattering as this is all going on. And she's putting on a little bit of the air of um, like a ditzy rich person, you know, like just kind of talking and a little bit bragging about all the people she knows from Isarn and from all these places around the world that she visits, this high society, and says something, and is talking about these different cities she's been to, and maybe mentions something about the monastery on the hill and how it just looks so depressing and how it seems like nothing really ever goes on around here and there's not the kinds of events and culture that happen in other cities she's been in. Well, of course, you know, they're always here. There's the, the shadow cast over Litran, but it's, it's worth it in the shades. You can make the best things sparkle, such as, and she sort of like starts going over just more fabrics and different patterns for you. You kind of get the impression that while she's definitely interested in you now, like getting her attention onto one of your topics that you want to get a question from is going to be a little more difficult. So if you want to now go ahead and give me either your choice, a diplomacy or a deception check, and you'll get a plus two on this because she's so fascinated with you now that you've aced that society check. Yeah, I'm going to go with the deception because I'm trying really hard to not kind of reveal what my interest is here. Okay. What do we got? Okay. That is a 38. 38. And you're just trying to steer her towards the gardeners? What topic are you trying to steer the conversation towards? I'm trying to steer it towards who is at the, like, who's going to this event? And how do you get an invitation to it? Well, you know, there are several people here, yeah, locals, some people who know, clients of mine who may or may not be attending an event of such renowned esteem, yeah? But, uh, look, there are need people from out of town. Of course, the ones I know most are the locals. No, they come to me, they know what's good, right? They come and they get the best gifts, the best clothes, the best fashions here. Well, there are some, you know, who seek uh, worthy companionship to an event like this, perhaps. And she looks at you. you know, perhaps you are as such. The, uh, the gardeners are a bit of puss at times. You know, they uh, could always see to their own means. You know? They uh, have their own there are ways of uh, doing things. I don't always understand it, but so as such, you know, there are some who might un- unfoundedly, no, no, no need for it at all, but there are some who incorrectly, incorrectly think that it might not be the safest thing, and so some seek protection or aid, but this would be completely unnecessary. She like was really making a show of saying how ridiculous she thinks it is that anything could be wrong with the Grey Gardeners. Um, but there... And, uh, you know, there are some who speak more plainly out against the, the great work of the gardeners here, the um, head magistrate in the train, uh, Orvald, yeah. not the best dresser, but might know or need something. There's the, uh, another, oh, you should have to check out uh, some work I did for the, uh, the leader of the Litran's Farmers Cooperative. Um, absolutely enchanting woman by the name of uh, Zentraya. Absolutely great. Um... Worth checking out there for sure. Last year I made for her piece for one of the jubilees. It was just beautiful. And she kind of just starts going on into that a little more. So I get a couple of names out of that. The mm-hmm. head magistrate and the leader of the farmers co-op. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think that's, uh, she would pay top dollar for her overpriced dress and take her leave. Okay. All right. That's, that's Actually, uh, before I leave, can I do something to kind of like roll a sense motive or some, can I kind of size her up and see what I think about her? Like, is she trying to trick me? 
Sure. It's up to you. Uh, what's your perception bonus? Plus 25. Your guess is that she is a, a bit of a constant gossip. And I don't think she's trying to trick you, but she might be up playing a little bit of her role or her importance. Okay. She does seem to know quite a bit. Uh, and she shared with you some, but you wonder if maybe there wasn't even a little more you could have pushed for. Gotcha. So it's been a couple of hours now. It's the end of the afternoon. And we know at least that Drusaris is going to meet up with Fox. And it sounds like has inadvertently found uh, Watson and his like his friend, the stand-up songbird. Mm-hmm. Um, would you go to meet with them? Do you think you're kind of off doing your own thing at this point? Yeah, no, I think that uh, she would seek out the probably Watson first. And then if they're all together, then the whole group. Great. So you're all there now. So now we can kind of cut back, Jason, to when Drosaris shows up with Fox and the information that you've just found out from stalking people for info. I believe I have a lead on someone who is uh, selling invitations. Where might that be? It was a a mill being renovated on the outskirts of town. It was a mill being renovated on the outside of town. Seems like a decent lead. Thought about checking it out if you want to come. Hmm. I might need muscle. Not much going on around here, around the uh, monastery, so count me in. Uh, uh, Yes, I suppose I did. Uh, it Are you is, doing anything, old man? It was good meeting you. <laughs> yes. Good day. Do Do you know that bird? Uh, through an acquaintance. <laughs> <laughs> we met at a party. <laughs> <laughs> it was another life. <laughs> um, yeah. So I would say, uh, I don't know if there are any leads on giving us invitations, but I think I might know of two people who will be attending. Mm. The head magistrate and the leader of the farmer's co-op. I can't remember either of their names because the GM's accent was very hard to interpret. It was quite thick, yes. Thank you. <laughs> I take that as the highest compliment. I can give you those names again, though. That head magistrate is Orvald. Orvald. Orvald Garmino. Garmino. And the... Litran Farmer Cooperative's leader is Zentea. Like Zendaya. Uh, Z-I-N-T-A-Y-A. Yes. Cool. So exactly yeah. like Zendaya. For <laughs> legal <laughs> reasons, not. <laughs> what, what was not Zendaya? <laughs> Zentaya Calbista. Calba- yeah, Calbista. Farmer, farmer's Co-op. Or the Co-op. Yeah, the okay. leader of the Farmer's Co-op. Okay. If only I knew someone who could talk to animals. Oh, oh, should I make friends with her farmer stuff? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, we can try that when we get there. At a minimum, you will be amused with all the animals. Can you imagine? He's he doesn't he makes it he doesn't speak in common to the cows. He speaks in cow. (laughs) So he like arrives and he's like, (laughs) (laughs) get a move on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To me, this thing of selling invitations sounds a little bit like a trap, but Mm. might be worth checking out. You just see, like, eye smiles from behind his veil when you say that. Eye smiles? You can see him smiling with his <laughs> eyes. Well, that was very strange. Your eyes just smiled. Yes, they just turn into little <laughs> MTV faces. <laughs> <and smile>. <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> okay. But you can tell he's smiling behind his veil whenever you say that. Ooh. 
well, what leader do we think we should follow first? Yes, would you prefer we follow a different leader? I think either one. I think I think we should check out this potential cellar. What time is it? 4 p.m. Let's... Well, about 4.30 now. You had to catch up. Maybe let's check the meal out. Sure, he may have heard of me. Oh. 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 I thought it was a house. It's being renovated into one. After daylight hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately for you, it's uh, wintertime. The sun sets before, like you're only an hour or so out from sunset. I'm feeling a little tired. I need to go to bed. Okay. So listen, if we're going after this head magistrate, I think we need to stage an elaborate scheme wherein someone gets arrested. We play the long game. If only there was someone who pretended to get arrested in other places. Who, me? Or don't you pretend to be a slave? like a very long game. I think we need to I'm not sure how we can pull this off. Look, Galt is not known... Well, I guess Galt is known for having a very swift justice system, but not in the way you're hoping. Um, actually, to that end, the idea of the head magistrate actually seems pretty bad to me. I don't think we should talk to that guy. I think he seems like he would definitely be a great gardener. And I would like to avoid him at all costs. So let's check out this potential seller first and then maybe move on to the farmer's co-op if need be. So it's about 4.30. You're just blowing right through dinner. Maybe we should eat. But first we eat. Well, if you insist, yes. What do you eat? Do you need like smashed peas or? Uh. A Pedialyte. <laughs> Have you, are you, is it too late to eat? I, you know, do you I, have your food half I off? I mostly let prefer you applesauce. <laughs> If they do have a grinder, I do like to have a steak, but it has to be blended very thoroughly. You're like really mean to this old man for a lawful good character. <laughs> Me? Yeah. Oh, I'm not lawful good. Oh, okay. Chaotic that neutral. Specifically so that he can pick on old men. Yes, that's why. Pick on old men. Somewhere on his character sheet, Jason has written like, things I like to do, make fun of old men despite being one. It makes him feel young. Yes. All right. So what's the plan? We want to find lodging. Okay, you you do have some you do have some rooms. There are some oh, guest rooms. Right. You had a couple options. So in talking with the proprietor of Soul Mother's Herbs, uh, Kenzen, he kind of let you know that you could stay. He's got some rooms, uh, not like a ton of space, but some rooms in his shop. You can stay, uh, just because so many places are taken. However, outside of that, probably the only place you can find room is at a really upscale inn called the Stalwart Patriot. Oh, oh no. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a no. And those sweets, and like the only things they have left are sweets because everything else cheaper has been rented. And those run That you literally solid... sounds like you'd be checked in by a gray gardener. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, sure we've got some rooms upstairs. <laughs> We're chopping our prices down <laughs> left and right. I think, uh, I think that box would want to stay there. Yeah. I think he. At the Patriot I mean, thing, yeah. There's not much information to be gained at this shop. Yeah. And so I think just kind of getting out somewhere where there might be information being exchanged or especially people with money um, might behoove them. That's a good point. Well, so each suite is 10 gold pieces a night. Uh, I am afraid. I've got it. I, I'm good for four nights. Oh, I can pay for one night. <laughs> oh, no. so oh sad. my god well it's a sweet we can share I have some money yeah uh, I'm not sharing with any of you so are you staying back at the uh, soul mother's herbs well here's the thing I just don't want to get my head chopped off in the middle of the night but if everybody's staying there I'll go I am so rich I think it, it honestly <laughs> though like I hate talking like this but from a character standpoint staying at the at the soul mother's is probably the best bet for me 
That's fine. I mean, you can stay there for sure. That's fine. You, you don't all have to all stay together. Okay, yeah. and then I'm going to stay at the Soul Mothers as well because Valentine has no interest in accidentally running into a Grey Gardener and is trying to kind of keep a low profile at first. So Also, maybe if you stay there alone, you won't be as conspicuous. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, perfect. It's fine. Don't be like, what are these four 16th level heroes doing all together? Well, that seems suspicious. Well, so there's only three. Ah, well, it's fine then. They're not going to go adventuring with <laughs> our fourth. Why am I picking up like 50 magic items from that group? Nobody adventures with only three people. It's ridiculous. It's clearly a civilian issue if it's just three of them. Now, whenever they meet up with the fourth, that town's in for a riot of a good time. Also, if our cover is that we are supposed to be finding a cure and waiting for Camilla, like for this cure for Camilla, it might make sense to stay at where that's. So it sounds like three of you'll be there and you'll be there. So um, unless there's a need to sort of like hash anything out, I imagine you all kind of get back to where you're going, take a second, get a little, get some food, some street meat, some, you know, mashy peas. I would like if, if Kenzen, is that his name? Mm-hmm. If he would so allow Ken- to sort of browse what he has. Sure. And maybe do a medicine check to see if he has what he actually has is like poisons. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, you want to check. So this this is another example like of recall out knowledge. His stock. What's that medicine bonus? We're gonna recall knowledge with medicine. Uh, how about plus thirty one? Thirty one. All right, let's do this. So you look around, and there are definitely things in in this shop. I'm gonna say, you going through the shop probably is what you do while everyone else kind of splits up and gets ready for the evening, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you check through it, you take some time. There are 100% things here that could be used for poison. None of which are things that are intrinsically poison, but in the same way that even like in modern medicine, too right. much of anything can mess you up. Like fentanyl is a medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what you do see here is that the, the stock and supply is very thorough and good. And there's mm-hmm. stuff here that even you struggle to get sometimes. Not in such quantities that make you wonder what the fuck's going on with it, but the, this is for you a potential like a, this is a connection that could really help and mm-hmm. this is like this could be a huge and important partnership for your clinic and your efforts and work here in Galt metoprolol sinopril digitalis oh my goodness yeah you're just working through there what is digitalis it is a heart medicine yeah yeah it's not like fingers. a modern heart medicine. Yeah, oh, that exists in Galarian. Uh, I don't know. Ask the, the uh, GM. <laughs> Give me a medicine check. <laughs> I don't have that. All right. So then, yes. Yeah. <laughs> do you uh, do you have a like a meet time or kind of a plan for when you're meeting back up, or is it just you're all kind of gonna gather up outside the Soul Mother's Herbs at like six? Dusk, I guess. What do you say, old man? How much time you need? Other old men. Dusk. Sounds good. Sure. So you've Mm. you've made plans. Let's just say that you preemptively did the arranged meeting time and place outside of Soul Mother's Herbs, and you're there. It's it's time. Except I didn't actually show up. Okay. Oh. So it's just the three of you. Uh, But Fox, you've worked with him before. Where is the other old man? Why are you looking at me? It seems like you know him. Not that well. Oh, do we have a problem? You do only have three adventurers. No one goes with only three adventurers. No. He was skulking around quite a bit earlier. He's probably just gotten off somewhere. Gross. He has a <laughs> propensity to find <laughs> who he needs to, when he needs to. Let's mm. go. All right. So the, yeah, the group talking about 
<laughs> this one called me an old man. <laughs> you said you're an old man. So That's you, true. as a group, start heading off to this mill on the outskirts of town. I'm going to go ahead and take a little look at the map here, see if I can find that mill. Oh, wonderful. Look at that. So you start heading your way towards this mill you've heard about, and I imagine there was like a little bit of asking around, but at this point, uh, Valentine's got pretty good connections and able to start looking into that. So you've heard these rumors about someone from Isarn, the capital you all came from, uh, maybe looking to sell an invitation um, and doing so from this milt in the process of being renovated into a grand residence. It's on the southern end of town, right along the Storm Flood River, which seems like a very on-the-nose name mm. for a river. As you're all starting to get closer, it's really picturesque in a lot of ways. You can tell it used to be a flour mill. There's uh, stone structures right on the riverbank, supported over the water by several stone pillars. And even now, you can see that it's in good enough condition where the water wheel is turning slowly in the lazy river. You can kind of just hear in the background the persistent groaning of it moving. It's also evident to any of you who are familiar with it that it is under construction. You can see scaffolding clinging on all sides of the building. There's loads of lumber and bricks set up to sort of reinforce parts of the outside or build additions onto it. And if you get a little closer, directly beneath the heaviest laden scaffolding, you can see the front door and a sign tacked up on it with some large iron nails and large bowls, red ink that just says sold it's also worth noting that as you kind of get a good look at that you can see that the the door to the mill is open about a foot you can just barely make out ting 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 that you know the sound of like work going on from within uh fox looks at valentine and says you like to talk here's a chance well enough so she'll just walk up to the door and are you guys coming with yeah, yes. And you're not, you really aren't there, Drosaurus? You don't seem to. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Jason's got some stuff going on. There's just some... There are some emails to respond to. Right. Right. <laughs> I missed all my meetings from two to four. I had to go back and <laughs> action items to complete. Um. Yeah, so Valentine walks up and peers her head in the door and, like, just as much as she might have been snappy and short earlier all meeting up, just almost creepily turns it on and is completely personable and charming peeks in hello and as you kind of get closer you, you can peek in and there's the room's well enough lit by torches and candles for you to see there's some work going on it it's it's crowded inside of the mill's interior there's all sorts of building materials i mean the renovations seem to be extensive as all get out and right now the mill has no interior walls or partitions. You can see the water wheels, freely rotating axle just juts into the room. You can see an entrance and some sawhorses and a heavy beam, dozens of nails. Like it's, you know, work's going on. You've done construction, you know what it looks like when something's being renovated. And what you see inside of it is um, a like, rather handsome, younger man. And he sort of sees you and looks up, uh, hello. Um, good to see you. Uh, can I, um, can I help you? Oh, good evening. I was just passing by with my friends, and we had heard so much about this amazing project going on and just wanted to come in and check it out. Oh, uh, yes. Um, well, this is, uh, this is, this is it? 
Great. Beautiful. Are you the owner? Um, come, please, come in. Like, you're at the door, the threshold. I'm gonna go in. Um, uh, well, yes, um, welcome, welcome. Have you, uh, have you come to, uh, buy an invitation to the mask? I'm sorry, what? Um, the... The mask, you're here in town? Um, who are your friends here? These are... Hello, my uh, my name is Watson Himmelgale. Oh, 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 wonderful. Um, what what is your reason for wanting to attend the mask? Dear, oh, uh, oh, yes, uh, we were hoping, uh, to attend the mask. We are actually... (laughs) (laughs) That's such an old man thing to do. It's just to repeat the question in a statement. <laughs> Valentina's just going to look like, she's going to give kind of like an oh honey look at, you know, between this guy and Himmelgale and be like, I'm so sorry. We're we're just passing through town on an errand for a very sick friend. This is my friend Watson, who is a very talented doctor, although between you and I, he's a little bit fading in the memory. I heard that. <laughs> She, like, kicks you a little. My hearing is not going. Um, What is this mask that you're talking about? We just got to town today, and we're just here to pick up some medicine. Oh, um, this is... uh, What is your main purpose for wanting to attend the mask? I don't even know what the mask is. Why would we need a purpose to attend the mask? So, Fox, what are you doing while this is going down? Uh, I think he's just observing. Like, I think he's trying to get a feel for this gentlemen so you've been around people in distress and in bad situations and while Watson over here is about as oblivious as they come and Valentine is really kind of selling this story you're a little more free to watch this man seems terrified like you're noticing that like the quaver there's a quaver a, like almost a quiver in his voice and his eyes Keep darting over your shoulders. Hmm. I'll take a peek back behind. What's your bonus to perception? 22. So while the two of you are talking with him, Watson and Valentine, you look over your shoulder. You don't see anything. There's, There's nothing you can see in here, but this man is still clearly terrified. Uh, Fox is gonna step in and shut the door mm. and say something wrong. As you say that, you hear a voice come from behind you, and it's this like weird, reverberating, deep voice. There is nothing wrong here. Oh my! Probably nothing. I disagree. And on that note. We're going to end the episode right no. here. Oh my God. <laughs> the Live to Die podcast is a production of Live to Die Gaming. Follow us on social media at Live to Die Pod. Leave a review and tune in next week for more. If you like the amazing background audio and music, all that credit goes to Sirenscape. Make sure you check them out at sirenscape.com.